In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. With the coming of evening, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us cross over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him, just as he was in the boat. And there were other boats of him. Then it began to blow a gale and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that it was almost swamped. But he was in the, the stern, his head on a cushion, asleep. They woke him and said to him, Master, do you not care? We are going down. And he woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Quiet now, be calm. And the wind dropped, and all was calm again. Then he said to them, Why are you so frightened? How is it that you have no faith? They were filled with awe and said to one another, Who can this be? Even the wind and the sea obey him. The Gospel of the Lord. Some people can sleep through a hurricane and others will be awakened by the gentlest patter of rain on their window seals. It would seem in the story that our Lord was a heavy sleeper. It is amazing that in such a perilous situation where water was filling the boat and was being tossed by the turbulent sea, and buffeted by the strong winds, that you will have this picture of our Lord in deep slumber at the back of the boat. But was he? Is he ever asleep on the job? Are the accusations of the disciples legitimate? Master, do you not care? In the Bible, sleeping in the midst of adversity is a symbol for complete trust in God. For example, God tells the Israelites, that when they get to the promised land, I will give peace in the land, and you shall lie down, and none shall make you afraid. And the psalmist said, In peace I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Our Lord could sleep through the storm, because he knew this would not be the way he would die. But more than anything else, his sleep was prophetic. He demonstrated total trust in God's plan for his life. While Jesus' sleep in a storm may signify his trust in God, that's not what it signified to his disciples, some of whom were seasoned fishermen and therefore experienced sailors. And yet despite their experience, here they were panicking and also getting upset with our Lord's seeming lack of concern. Again we find this feeling that God has forsaken his people, expressed elsewhere in the Bible. The psalmist complains, Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Awake, why are you sleeping, O Lord? Rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face? Why do you forget our affliction and oppression? Rise up. Come to our help. Isn't this how we sometimes feel, that God ignores us in our plight, that he really doesn't care? The scripture tells us to cast all our cares on him because he cares for us. But it can be so hard to believe that he really does. Our Lord soon proves that their fears are unfounded and their complaints unmerited. 
The first thing the Lord did after he awoke was he rebuked the wind and he spoke to the sea with command. Quiet now, be calm. It's almost a double rebuke, since these words could very well be addressed to his frantically complaining disciples. Five other times in Mark's Gospel, we see Jesus rebuking, and in every case except one where he rebukes Peter, but then also accuses him of being Satan-like. It is demonic spirits that he rebukes. Why does Jesus speak to the storm as it were an enemy? Perhaps it's because wind and water are common biblical symbols for forces that are hostile to God. Jesus rebukes the storm just like God rebuked the Red Sea, which stood in the way of Israel's escape from Pharaoh in the Exodus. Jesus shows that he has mighty power, mighty enough to calm a storm and a raging sea. This is so comforting proof indeed. And it is no surprise that from early church history, we find this story has comforted many in the midst of suffering and persecution. It reminds us that God is sovereignly in control of everything, even hostile forces. But Mark does not tell the story mainly to comfort his readers. Before it can comfort us, it must trouble us. This is not simply a showing off of Jesus' power. It is more importantly an unveiling of his identity. For in Jewish understanding, only God possessed a power that could calm storms. So when the Lord calms a storm, he does so because he wants his disciples to see something about him that they haven't quite seen yet. This is why after he calms a storm, he then turns his disciples and questions their faith. He says to them, Why are you so frightened? How is it that you have no faith? Our Lord is not upbraiding them because they have, are afraid of the storm. The reason Jesus questions their faith is because the disciples feared the power of the storm more than they feared the power of God. We too may find ourselves caught up in the storms of life. How should we react? Do we complain that God is distant or even absent in our crisis? Do we accuse him of not caring? Despite the gravity or even the length of our trials, we are certain of this. God is never asleep on a job, even if it sometimes feels that he is. Far from being unconcerned with the plight of humanity, the Christian God identifies himself with our plight and demonstrates his power to overcome even the greatest dangers. God, through his incarnation, his death and resurrection, has chosen to be in the same boat with us. If we go down, he goes down along with us. But the good news is, we will also rise with him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.